And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome, Southern California, to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio, live here at Radio Zion. And this evening, I'm in the beautiful Downey Studios here of Radio Zion. It is rather palatial. It's a great place to be. They have a great broadcasting facility, but I also miss home, too. So I want to thank Israel for opening up the doors for me so I could come on in tonight, Israel. Thank you very much. And we've lined up a great show, I think, for you tonight, you know. Uh, Even though it's fall outside, and I know that because of the fact I actually saw a leaf fall when I was in Encino. So sure sign that we are in fall. So, But you know what? There's still great fishing out there. And we're going to cover the Pacific Coast for you tonight. We've got a really dynamic show. Let me uh, let you in on what's happening tonight. Our first guest tonight will be Cabo Gregoristi. He's from Land's End Charters. The Bisbee Offshore Fishing Tournament just wound up. He's going to report on that. And he's going to tell us about what the fishing opportunities are in Cabo San Lucas now that we are fully into the fall season and maybe creeping into winter. So Cobble Greg will be with us in the beginning. And then at 6 o'clock, a gentleman that we have been documenting, oh, probably for the last 10 years, his elevation into the fishing up in Alaska for Dungeness crabs. When we first interviewed him, he was just leaving San Diego to go up to San Diego for survival training. And through the years, as he's gained further and further in the hierarchy of crab fishing up in Alaska, we've caught up with him. Well, it's been a few years, but I finally have caught up with him. And uh, we're going to find out what's happening with this gentleman. He's a San Diego boy. Um, Matt Dowell is going to be with us. And you're going to be interested to hear his story. And he's got a big announcement because he's got a big promotion. That is just, uh, he's made, and it's going to be great. Hey, and then coming up a little later on, Captain Steve Taft from The Legend is with us. Captain Taft, they've kind of uh, changed the schedule a little bit on The Legend. They're going out on day and three-quarter day trips. Let's find out what that's all about. But I've got to tell you, the fishing is still going full speed. So before we get to our guests, let me first introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT, a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right, Stan Vandenberg. Stan, good evening. 
Well, good evening, John, Wendy, everybody. You know, I'm in the process of trying to stack whatever you need for an 11-day trip here on the 31st I leave. So after next Sunday's show, about 3 a.m. in the morning, I'm headed for San Diego to climb on the Indy and, and head out for uh, our annual 11- or 12-day trip. This one happens to be 11. So <clears throat> anxious to see what we find. I can't wait to talk to Greg to find out what's going on with the tuna down there. Nobody's saying much because of the de the jackpots right after the Bisbee here. So uh, we'll get maybe some fresh info. Uh, I think so, because uh, uh, I know I saw some of the pictures uh, from the offshore tournament there, and Lens End Charters was a big part of that because I think they leased out the boat to one of the teams that did very well. We'll have uh, Cobble Greg tell us about that. Hey, Stan, let's Ooh. introduce our other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an expert hunter and fisherman in her own right. And as we have found out, man, I think she's the, the number one gardener in Huntington Beach. Let's say hello to her. <laughs> Wendy Toshahara. Wendy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I love fall. All my fall fruits and vegetables are all uh, almost ready to be picked, and uh, I'm eating well. <laughs> hey, you know, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Chip and Lisa Israel. Um, they got a last minute call and asked uh, two people backed out on the, the Bisbees that's going on. I don't know if it's a small one or the big one, but they came in first place for catch and release. Oh, wow. So they were on Bill Collector 2. Right. So congratulations to them. Made some money on that. Hey. Hey, yeah, I think so. And Wendy, you were you were a part of this. I want to give a big shout out to a good friend of Rod and Real Radio for a long time, uh, Mr. Phil Friedman. He just yeah. celebrated what is it, the one millionth visit to his podcast or YouTube? What was that, Wendy? That he was celebrating? Oh, um, it was his uh, two millionth. I'm pretty sure. And it was uh, views or something on his podcast. But, uh, yeah, he's doing really well. He's got a little office down at 22nd Street Landing. Uh, Danny Cadota was there. Um, a lot of lot of people from the industry were there. Right. Cool. Hey, that was good. Phil Friedman, congratulations. We'll have to have you on to talk about that because I know you have not done that by just standing behind the microphone talking yourself. You probably had a lot of great guests. And we need to hear about that. Hey, guys, this has been uh, a, an unusual week for me. I know this is a little off topic, but as a lot of you all know, my uh, my dad passed away a couple of months ago, left his house to uh, the three kids. So what we had to do is we had to go through the house and start thinning stuff out, you know, and decide what did we want to keep? What did we want to throw away? What did we want to sell? My folks, in the 60 years that they lived in that home, threw away absolutely nothing. <laughs> it, it was Stan and Wendy going through that house was like an archaeological dig. The stuff <laughs> we found was incredible. One of the things I found, just to name a few, was a stack of checks that were from 1948, 
which happens to be the year I was born. And it was interesting to see what they spent their money on in 1948. Naturally, there were diapers. There were bills that were paid to the soffit called American Telephone and Telegraph for a whole dollar seventy-eight. <laughs> they contributed to veterans organizations one dollar at a time, and needless to say, had the bills that uh, uh, you you know most of us would pay a lot more for now. And then going through the stack, I found another check. They had a piano that they bought in nineteen. 19- 58, a Jensen piano, and my mom had the original check for that. So as we were going through the estate sale, people would come along, ask about the piano, and we would present them with the check for my mom for the original bill that she paid for the piano in 1958, which happened to be $758, which was probably a a ton of money. That's a lot of money. There is. But I, you know, my sister and her friends, they did a Herculean job taking all the stuff that the folks had, thinning it out, and setting it up for this big estate sale that we had. Now, Stan and Wendy, have I know, Stan, have you ever been through an estate sale? Or, or Wendy, have you? No. <laughs> my mom and dad, uh, when they passed away, we had to do that because we tried doing a two weekends in a row of yard sale and house sale. And I even had a guy that was a antique sales guy come through and mark everything and give me values. And he bought some, what he could use. But even at the end of that, it's like, it's too much. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law, when they left their house, we had to hire an estate group to come in and they come in and they, they label everything and stack everything and sell everything. It was the best deal we could have done because in your case, you know, you go in there and, and you got to go through everything that they've got. And you got, before you, you were even going to do an estate sale, you'd have to turn every page in the magazine to see if there were dollars stuck in there or, or anything else. So that's a chore. Oh. <laughs> and I could have been going through. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not saying it was, it was really worth it. But what it was was talking with the people that came through, bartering for them. And some of the unique things that sold that you would never think would sell. I had two young ladies come in and left with two bowling balls. Would have never have thought about that. I had one lady come in. She was holding the arm of her daughter, and she came with a cane, and she was looking around. And she goes, I have something in the master bedroom I'd like to buy. I go, sure, ma'am. Let's go back there and take a look at it. Go back in the master bedroom and... There's furniture and there's all kinds of things in there. And I go, what was it you were interested in, ma'am? And she goes, the door. And I go, what? She goes, yes, <laughs> the door leading to the outside. How much do you want for that? I go, <laughs> I, I go ma'am, uh, I got to tell you, if I were to sell you that door, what I'd get for it, I'd have to pay many times more to replace that door so unfortunately the door's not for sale but but thank you for asking but the things that people come up with i'm i'm sitting there working out little chachis and this and that and an old gentleman comes by and he's got a suitcase in his hand and i just happened to notice it was the suitcase 
I brought to stay overnight at the house. He goes, how much do you want for the suitcase? I haven't opened it up yet. I'm going, sir, I am living out of that suitcase. If you take it, you take away everything. He goes, That's funny. I had a couple come in from Seattle, Washington. They were visiting their daughter and they go, oh, we just wanted to look around. We can't take anything home. And then all of a sudden, out of the, the in one of the other rooms, I, I hear this. Hey, Henry, there's a three-quarter bottle opened of Kahlua. Ask him how much he wants for it. <laughs> so I sold a half bottle of open Kahlua to a couple from Washington. It was perfect. It was great. I think the greatest thing it was, uh, as I was helping an older gentleman out uh, the driveway to get back to his car with his, his buy his stuff. And in the, the drive of my folks place, I had my truck. I've got a 2005 F one fifty that Paul leader sold me way back then, but it's still pretty stylish looking, but it's got 250,000 miles on it. He stops and he looks at the truck and I go, he goes, how much do you want for that truck, son? And I go, I beg your pardon, sir. He goes, yes. He says, my wife, I'd like to buy her a truck. And I'm going, uh, sir, how old is your wife? Well, she's a little older than am I, 82. He says, do you think your wife would really appreciate getting in and out of a truck at 82 years old? And she goes, well, I'd sure like to get her something to run around the neighborhood in. And she and goes, sir, I'm sorry. I've got to get home tomorrow night. So that truck is not for sale. But just had a great time talking with people at the Cassidy Estate Sale. And, yes, I did have some fishing stuff for sale. And believe it or not, an old Zebco 33 on a Fenwick rod did sell for the amazing price of $5. (laughs) We. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about when you're just trying to get rid of all this stuff. I mean, we opened up steamer trunks, and there was all kinds of everything in there, including there was this coat, and it looked like it was gorilla hair, long, dark hair, fur coat. And I'm going, man, oh, man, it's pretty beat up, and whatever I go. And my neighbor, a street bee, goes, what are you going to do with that? And I go, I have no idea. Just put it in a paper bag and throw it over there in the, on the lawn someplace in the back. We'll deal with it later. And of all the things, I go. Nobody's going to want that because it's just all beat the heck, and it you know it needs some. It really needed some work. And lo and behold, this lady walks up to me, and she's got this long, dark, stringy hair, and she goes, "Okay, how much do you want for this jacket?" B, my neighbor across the street, who was helping, <laughs> looked at me, and she goes, "Well, you know, that's a very expensive coat." And she goes, "I know, but I gotta have it." And she put it on, and it matched her hair. And I'm going, all right, I get it. So B threw a number at her that I would never have given out. And she goes, I'm I'm in. I'll take it. Oh. <laughs> you know, who it was just one of those things like I wouldn't I wouldn't even think anybody would even want. So you never know in those things. Oh man. Well, you know, I I'll leave you with this note and then we gotta go to commercial break. And thanks a lot, I for everyone for listening, because this is, you know, Rod and Real Radio and I, it was just a, an unusual circumstance. I was talking with my sister afterwards, and she said, well, how'd we do? And I got, yeah, we did okay. But, you know, 
we would have made a lot more money working over at McDonald's. She goes, well, I understand, but it, it, it turned out to be a fun time. I says, you know, the, the nice thing was is we were negotiating with all these little chachis and selling them for $2, $5, $7. And I was thinking the whole time, I am paying people to walk out of this house with stuff that in 48 hours I'm going to have to carry out. So it was worth all we did, and we had a fun weekend. Everyone that showed up at the Cassidy residence for the estate sale, thank you very much. Hey, guys, we're going to have to take a break right now, but hopefully coming up next, Cabo Greg Aristi from Lands End Charters from down in Cabo San Lucas. Got to find out what happened with the Bisbee tournament there and also talk about the fishing that might be happening for the black and blue tournament coming up here in just a few days. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality self-plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? 
Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Welcome again back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. Let's get to our first guest. And, man, this is an exciting time down in Cabo San Lucas. And this is a gentleman that's right in the middle of it. He's the owner-operator of Land's End Charters down in Cabo San Lucas. Let's welcome to the show. Mr. Greg Aristi, or as we call him, Cabo Greg. Cabo Greg, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. How's it going, guys? Good to be back with you. Hey, it's good to have you back here. You have not been letting any moss grow on your north side down there. It's no. been a busy week for you, hasn't it? It's been a little busy here. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Good. Well, tell us, Greg, you know, we know that uh, they had the Bisbee Offshore Tournament over there. Now, are there a lot of private boaters that come in there, or do you find that a lot of people come to Land's End Charters and they want to charter a boat for not only this event, but maybe the upcoming Black and Blue Tournament and and even the, the Western Outdoor News uh, Cabo Tuna jackpot? Yeah, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a combination of both. Um, the, the challenge for most people who want to jump into these tournaments is actually finding a boat. I mean, I can't tell you how many people we turn away every year because there just aren't any boats left. You know, when you look at the, like the uh, most couples offshore Bisbee's this, this year was 183 entries. And, you know, um, that's a lot of boats. So uh, it's hard, it's getting harder and harder every year to find a boat to actually compete on, you know, a, a competitive, you know, worthy boat. It's difficult. And so, you know, lots of these teams have these boats locked up year after year after year. We've had clients that fish it, you know, six, seven years running. And so it's uh, it's getting harder and harder. And we, we, we turn away more than we charter for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know Greg and Stan has probably knows better than I do because he's actually been down and visited with you. Even some of the boats that you have, like uh, the big Kahuna, you've really retrofitted those boats out where it was uh, maybe just something that you'd uh, – you'd take on out for, uh, you know, a half day or three quarter days. And now it's a super fishing machine. Yeah. You know, um, these boats, all the boats that, that, that we have, you know, we get ready for the season starts right now, right? Right. When the tournament starts is when we're, so we do all of our retrofitting, all of our upgrades, you know, August, um, through September and then get ready for, for them to survive through the year. And, you know, smaller boats, like some of the boats that, that I own, like the Kahuna 2, Kahuna 3, um, um, they're a little too small for these tournaments. And so I don't I don't like to pressure these boats too hard because if you're going to go out and compete in these tournaments and, you know, spend thousands of dollars to jump in, you know, you need a boat that's going to be competitive. And, 
you know, um, hard to compete uh, against a 70-foot Viking when you're on a 28-foot, you know, shamrock. <laughs> um, I, I limit the amount of boats I put out. I, I won't charter a boat that I don't think will be competitive and uh, and leave those as just day charters, to be honest with you. Well, uh, we were talking about the uh, Bisbee Tuna Offshore Jackpot. Uh, can you uh, fill us in on uh, some of the details on what happened and maybe what won that tournament, who did well, uh, things like that, sure. Cobble Greg? Sure. So um, the uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's a tournament right before the Bisbee's Offshore, which is the Los Cabos Billfish Tournament. It's put on by the uh, Secretary of Tourism. It's growing every year. I think this year there was uh, almost 60 boats competing for over a million dollars in prize money. It was, it's a really good tournament. Um, so that kicks off the, the, the big billfish tournaments here. And uh, we had we had a boat uh, win it this year, the uh, the 48-foot reel cast, captained by my, my buddy Zach. Um, they went out and, and landed a 400-pound uh, blue marlin and uh, took down, I think, 300-something thousand dollars for that win, which is great. It's part of our fleet. Nice. These weren't my clients. They were, they were last-minute kind of entries. Uh, Zach had a... a a crew that uh, couldn't make the trip last minute. And so they found a, a backup and they won that thing. Um, and then that's immediately followed by the, uh, that ends on the 19th. And then the Bisbee's offshore uh, kicked off on the 21st, which is Friday. And uh, first day was, was tough out there. Um, no qualifying billfish, but there was a, a couple of nice tuna, 200 pound plus tuna that uh, took down some jackpots, uh, daily jackpots for that. I think the, the biggest one this year was two, um, was 176 actually. Um, and what's crazy is that the team that won that jackpot for the heaviest tuna in the tournament, a team called uh, Feeling Azul, um, they actually also won the Billfish tournament with a 555 pound black marlin, which was a beast. So they won not only. The uh, the tournament for the billfish, but they also won the heaviest tuna. I think their paychecks are going to be well over a million dollars. I haven't seen that number yet. Wow! Um, but they're taking home t- tons of money this year. 183 boats entered. Uh, there was four qualifying uh, billfish hung. Sorry, three. Um, one of our other boats that's part of our fleet, the Relax. I just added that boat this year. Um, uh, Captain Chito, owned by my buddy Ivan. Um, came in second with the 507-pound blue marlin. Um, beautiful fish, big catch, uh, was beaten last minute. That 555-pounder came in after 8 p.m. last night. And so, you know, it's the way it goes, and uh, they'll still take home some money. And uh, it, it was a good time, but tons of boats, tons of entries, lots of big fish. Um, compared to the last couple of years where it's been slow, it's been amazing, honestly. Okay, I got a couple of questions here. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> Hi, Greg. <laughs> well, Greg, first again? off, I'm doing well, my friend. I was down there for two weeks in the last part of September, first part of October, and I called Greg. I go, hey, I got three guys coming from Texas, two, a bird colonel in the Air Force, uh, a Top Gun pilot, and a Mayor Pro Tem. <laughs> so can you hook up the boat? He goes, yeah, and he put, we put him on the Kahuna. Uh, the 28-foot shamrock, and we we had yeah. talked about that how outfitted. I've been on that boat before, um, and they go, that will work perfect. And they had a great time. I mean, all they all they really wanted to do was catch some Dorado, but they got a marlin in the mix too while they were playing around with all that stuff. And we had a great, we had uh, a 
fish tacos one day and we had the Dorado dinner the next day, but tons of fun. But what I got to find out here, we had some of those bigger tuna that were caught. Mm -hmm. Do you know if they were caught on the Gordo or were they caught around the corner on the Jaime? Where were those bigger tuna caught? So, you know, part of the, part of the deal with the fishing tournament time is that, you know, any other day of the year stands, you can't even listen to yourself because the radio is just going crazy during tournament time. You don't hear a peep, right? Nobody tells you where they're at. Nobody tells you how far they are. Nobody tells you where they're fishing. I have heard that the winning tuna was caught um, uh, headed east, right outside of the Gordo Bank. Um, I know that the bull riders, captained by uh, one of one of my cousins, um, they caught theirs um, near San Jaime Bank. Um, and then, and there was a bunch of other ones that were in the hundred pound range that were mostly caught on the east side. Uh, one was in the 1150 bank, a friend of mine, um, it was like 88 pounds or something. Um, so there was tuna all over there. I mean, you found a porpoise and you could just chase them all around all day. They were out there. Um, tons of tuna was caught, um, but the big one, I think, was caught right outside of the Gordo Bank. So well, that would make sense. They come in there first, and they get, they get up on the Gordo, and that bigger tuna has been traditionally, that's where the tuna jackpot's been early in the season like that and then they come around the corner of the hymie and if they got one or two on the hymie it means that they've already turned the corner and kind of followed that skipjack and that that dorado as they turned the corner and were heading up the the coast uh, on the pacific side so they're pretty well spread out then huh yeah they've been spread out um and um, you know, a couple of days before we, we caught a really nice, um, on a, on a, just a day charter, <clears throat> it, it wasn't weighed, um, on an official scale, but it was pretty close to 200 pounds. Um, that was literally like three miles offshore, right, right near the lighthouse. So they've just been all over the place. It's just, uh, they move in, they move out. Like you said, certain, for many years, you could kind of, you know, follow that timeline, that season, and see where that bait fish are moving to. Like you said, you know, the skipjack are here, and then you find them, you know, 10 miles to the east. It's just been switching around so much that it's hard to tell. You know, that's what makes it interesting is that in the morning you see where boats are headed, right? During the tuna jackpot especially, you see whether they're heading east or heading heading uh, heading uh, west or heading north. And um, for many years, it all go the same direction. The last couple of years, everybody spreads out. Some right down the middle, even. Uh, so it's been interesting, and I think it's going to stay that way for a while because nobody really knows. You know, it used to be you can count on the Gordo, um, all those banks out there to produce. And, and uh, once a winner came from uh, San Jaime, then things kind of spread out, and they're realizing that hey, there's, there's other spots here to produce these fish. You know what I mean? It's it's hard. It's really hard to judge where where to go, and that's part of the fun of the game for sure. You know, the you other part is the yeah. water temperatures changed so much over the last couple of years. A little cooler this year um, little cooler. than normal. And uh, and the guys who are going 22 miles, you know, straight out and, and trying to find that porpoise well out there on, on temperature breaks where they were looking but not having so much success. And then all of, you know, but the ocean changes overnight, you know, in one day it can change and all the stuff moves all around. But there was so much Dorado and wahoo and that skipjack around on you know headed up on the pacific side i figure you know the range of that you guys are going to have to fish or they're going to have to fish for these tournaments is going to be pretty broad that's right and and, and that's another reason why i stand like the big kahuna three the 28 foot shamrock 
you know, you just don't have the range, right? If you're going to compete for, for these, this kind of money, you don't have the range to move, you know, the, the way you need to, honestly. You know, it makes it a really big disadvantage. You either have to hit the spot, you know, first crack at it, um, because you don't have a lot of a lot of ways to move around. You're not going to do, you know, you're not going to put the throttle down and do, and do, you know, 30 knots. Like some of these boats can do 50 knots when it's flat. You know what I mean? You're just not going to be able, and it's just a disadvantage. So, um, and the, it's, it's certainly possible to win one on a small boat. It's happened before, but it's a big disadvantage with fish so spread out. Well, especially with the guys who are fishing, that they've got to fish that what the fish are eating. You got to have that tube baits, you know, the tubes with the tuna tubes, and and yep. you have to get baits live. And and unless you've got the one the range to get out there and the equipment to fish them and the right bait situation, so you can actually work the area without running out of gas. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, another thing is that you have to have the right gear. You know, you, it, I don't yeah. know. I've never caught a 300-pound tuna on my list. I've gotten close, but it never one that big. And I did it on a big 80-wide with a bent rod, you know, a bent rod and the whole thing. Um, I couldn't imagine doing it on a 30-wide or something like that size. You know, you could be out there for, you know, eight hours. So um, you have to have the right equipment. You have to have the right leader. You have to, write, you know, so some of these boats just don't have that. Um, in my opinion, to be able to, because you could you could you could make one bite. You know, you can put a big skipjack on a on a troll, um, but can you keep it online? <laughs> you know what I mean? That thing will spool you so fast you won't even know what happened. So you have to have the right equipment. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that when they want to charter these tournaments, is that not all boats are equal, unfortunately. And so it, it's a disadvantage. You can either get really lucky, or you're very very good and you're very very strong. Um, but, you know, there's only so much drag you can put on, you know, a certain reel that, you know, before that thing just snaps. And so it does, it's a whole game, you know. Um, it, what the good thing they did about these tournaments, like the like the Los, like the uh, Western Outdoor News tuna jackpot, is there's other species, right? You can do, you can enter the Dorado jackpot. You can enter the Wahoo jackpot. And these smaller boats can compete in those um, on, a, on, a, on a more level playing field, if that makes sense. And I'll put boats into those tournaments. If somebody says I'm after a big tuna, I won't put them out on a 28 foot boat. It just doesn't make sense. But hey, I'm in all the you know game fish uh, jackpots and go for it. Let's go. Let's go find a big you know 40 pound dorado and, and win this thing. So um, or big you know 60 pound, 80 pound wahoo and uh, take down some money. So there's a lot of stuff that has to go into these things, and uh, you know um, it's not always just hey get on a boat and go. You have to have what you need to win. And, uh, some some of these boats just don't have it. Well, Cabo Greg, if there was a team that was out there that uh, was fishing and didn't believe they were on the right vessel or whatever it is, they come back and they talk to you and they go, hey, we want to do something that makes us more competitive. Are are we at a time right now where they can talk to you and you can set them up and reserve a vessel for next year and get them up to that next step? Yeah. Um, for next year, yes. Uh, this year, absolutely not. Next yeah. year, it's possible. Like I've I've sourced boats out of uh, Sinaloa, Topolobampo, um, La Paz. I've searched for boats up and down the coast from all the way from San Diego, believe it or not, to get people out on these tournaments. Two, two challenges is you know these these terms are becoming saturated. Like two to jackpot, these are well over two hundred boats this year. You know, there's only so many ships in the marina and there's nowhere to put it in a boat if you come from out of town. Slips are saturated. So it's really challenging. Um, but if, yeah, if you want to get in and you want to be serious about fishing, start looking now. <laughs> you know, 
start start calling everybody you can call. Go just call me, call everybody, and try to find a boat because these things are becoming no joke. Really, it's it's a, it's it's a challenge, and I've got guys on waiting lists for boats. To be honest with you, so it's just the way it is. Hey, you've been listening to uh, Cabo Gregoristi from Lands End Charters down in Cabo San Lucas. Cabo Greg, we haven't even scratched the surface on some of the questions that Stan, Wendy, and I would like to be asking you. Can I ask you to stay with us for maybe another segment? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but Stan, Wendy, and I will be back with Cabo Gregoristi from Lands End Charters after these messages. Hi, this is Jim Trelikas. Whether you're an avid angler or custom rod builder like me, you need to team up with the leading innovator in rod building related products, Batson Enterprises. From rain shadow rod blanks, engineered by anglers for anglers, to quality rod components supplied by Alps and Forecast, Batson Enterprises will enhance the quality of your fishing and rod building experience. Batson Enterprises for many years has excelled in incorporating rod building technologies and techniques into every product sold. Owner Bill Batson has assembled one of the finest group of in-house professionals to assist you with your every rod building question or need. So take it from me, Jim Trelikas, when my customer's expectation is for me to build them the finest fishing rod their money can buy, I turn to Batson Enterprises for the best rod components my money can buy. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands End Charters. Lands End Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800 281 
888-888-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rodenreel Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Special guest this hour is Cabo Gregoristi, owner-operator of Lands End Charters out of Cabo San Lucas, and he's been filling us in on the happenings this past week down in Cabo San Lucas. And Cabo Greg, thank you for taking the time to be with us because uh, it's busy times for you down there right now. Pretty busy, <laughs> It's pretty hey, crazy right now. You know, uh, we're talking about the tournament fishermen coming down, but does that not mean that there's still room for the recreational tourist type of guy that he doesn't want to fish for four days? He may want to fish for, for one day like uh, Stan's group did when he was down there uh, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, there's a reason why these tournaments happen in some years because the fishing is typically very good, right? We saw that this weekend, tons of fish being caught. Um, not all, you know, worthy to be 300-pound, uh, you know, jackpot winners, but lots of fish, lots of Dorado seal, lots of marlin, lots of striped marlin. Um, and so um, we keep, during the summer of the year, I keep an extra, you know, we always keep boats, the smaller boats around um, to, to, to handle the folks that come down and want to fish this time of the year. Um, because, it, you know, it's two solid weeks almost of, of uh, tournaments. And so we keep boats around to make sure that people have something to go out and fish on and have a good time. 
Um, it, just because a tournament going around doesn't mean that uh, you're fishing in the same area as a day charter. These guys are way offshore. So lots of good fishing they be had during the tournaments. And uh, I always tell people, come down and have a good time. There's a reason they're here is because fishing's good. They're just not fishing for the same thing won't be fishing for, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, it's uh, plenty of boats still around for, for this week. Well, we've been talking about fishing, but when it comes to Land's End Charters, you offer other vessels with amenities to accommodate groups, let's say if they've got a special event, bridal shower, whatever it is, or to just go out and have a great time on the water off the coast of Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, um, we have a, a whole fleet of uh, luxury uh, yacht charters that, that, that we uh, offer guests to go out and have a good time with their family. In fact, I was lucky enough to be in San Diego um, and uh, have a yacht coming down called El Rey that's in the in the marina there um, near near Seaport Village. And I got to watch the Padres beat the Dodgers. That was a good time uh, as a lifelong Padres nice. fan. Um, and so, uh, yeah, these yachts come down. Um, the yacht will arrive in November, and they're – they're made for, you know, luxury cruising around Cabo. This particular yacht I saw is great for, you know, even fishing if you wanted to go up and, and spend a few days in Mag Bay or, you know, get down to the Socorro Islands and do diving and fishing. Um, this was a, this is a yacht for it's called the El Rey, 116-foot yacht. But we offer everything from 38-foot yachts to, to 130-foot yachts that uh, folks can go out on and have a good time and uh, spend time on their family, you know, uh, snorkel, paddleboard, fish, fish. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it, it's, it's a fun part of our business, and uh, it's extremely uh, uh, busy right now through the end of the year, and uh, we're excited for the season. Uh, uh, Greg, that, that's kind of a new wrinkle, and, man, I, I must have fallen asleep during one of the times that we had you aboard. I know you were talking about bringing aboard to the Lansend family a vessel that actually could go up and fish Mag Bay and and be out for extended period of times. Is that now a reality? It is. Um, so we have a couple of boats, um, these luxury yachts that are co- combination um, uh, fishing vessels and luxury yachts. In other words, when you're on the back, you know, when you're on the transom, it's a fishing boat. When you're inside of it, it's a luxury, you know, hotel, basically. Yeah. So if you go out with your family, let's say you have a family vacation set up and you, you know, part of your family wants to just have a good time and cruise around. The other wants to go out and do some sport fishing. Um, these boats are made for that type of a trip. In fact, we've used these boats for um, liveaboards while they go out and fish on smaller boats, things like that. But, yeah, if you wanted to have an adventure out of Cabo and, and get down to some spots that most boats will never see, um, we have those available now. We're working on a few trips that we might put together as it's kind of a package, but right now they're just, if you want a boat to get down and, and get into some, um, get into Mag Bay or get into Socorro Islands or something, you know, off the beaten path, we can make it happen now. And we're excited again, <clears throat> you know, we prepared for the season. And uh, so these boats were added to, to offer that to guests who, who wanted to do that. And we've talked about it, I think for a year now or so. Um, and so it's finally a reality with these vessels that can accommodate uh, that type of trip. Um, that have everything from, you know, high-end fishing gear to, you know, luxury wines on board. So it's a, it's good for people that want that type of experience, and, uh, and we can now offer that. We're excited for it for sure. You know, Greg, it sounds like Land's End Charters offers a variety of vessels at a number of different price ranges so that if you are there with a group of people and you're staying for a few days in Cabo San Lucas, if you want to go fishing, you don't break the budget. You've got 
something that's very, very affordable, and you can go out and have a great day on the water, have a fun time, yet still do the other sightseeing things you want to do in the other days that you have left there. And and that I can't tell you what a benefit that is to the traveler and the fisherman coming on down there with a the family. Yeah, you know, um, it's I, I, I love fishing. I'm a fishing guy, you know, at heart. And so that's the part of the business that I'm, you know, most focused on. But I have people here who understand the luxury part of our business, and they do a great job. And, and we've won awards, you know, seven years running for our service. And I tell all of the guys that work for me that, you know, I don't care if you're out on my, you know, 22-foot ponga and gave me 199 bucks to go out and fish, or you're the guy who spends thousands to go out and charter a luxury boat. We treat everyone the same, and that's important. Um, and uh, and that's what has kept me, you know, successful over all these years and, and still growing. Um, it's because I, I, we do have a lot to offer people, and the service that you get from us um, is the same, whether it's, you know, like I said, a small fishing boat or a luxury boat. We treat everyone the same, and uh, it's it's worked for us, and it's a, it's a family thing um, for us. And it, I'm very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. And, uh, uh, you know, so, yeah, we do have something for everyone for sure. From My, my Ponga, I've charted for 199 bucks. You can't find that anywhere, not anywhere up and down the coast. I think it's the cheapest boat anywhere in the world probably at this point. <laughs> but it gets to go out there, get the experience, I, I, having kids on it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the dad and their little kid out there, you know, fishing for Dorado, the first big fish, that's a thrill for me. And, and I would do it for free if I could, but it's about as close as you can get. Well, well you the know, cool is, I've been able to, I've been able to just hand out his phone number. I got his, his, I've got the, his phone number and then the 800 number in my phone. And people are always asking me who, if you're going to go down there, you know, I go, don't. First off, if you're going to go fishing, don't just walk down the dock and let some guy sell you some bill of goods on a boat that you don't know. You know, it's yeah. easy to promote him because I can I can depend on everybody that ever anybody that's ever chartered through him has been happy, which is cool. And, and I mean, I even had a group of people say, "Well, we just want to go out and have you know like a, a ride on a you know a really nice yacht and go out and maybe have wine and cheese and just go for a few hours." Well. Where do I find that? I go like, here. Here's the phone number for Greg. Talk to him, and you can get that done. Another guy said, "Yeah, he wanted to do that same kind of thing with ten people." I go, "Well, that's easy. Here, here's the phone number. Just call Greg." Which it's he's got such a great service, and over and over and over again, you know, the people that I have given him you know, or the phone number here, call Greg, and and if you're going to go down, call them ahead of time because a lot of times these things are not available. When you get down there, people come down, they book them out. So that's the one thing you need to do if you're going to go down to Cabo and you want to take a uh, a fishing trip or just a cruise and or just take your family out for you know wine and cheese and see the area. It's it's pretty cool to go up the line if you've never been on the Pacific side, or go around on the East Cape and and take a ride down that direction too. You know, there's a lot to see it's beautiful when you get on the water and greg has got a great great business of taking people out and just giving them what they need to do i appreciate uh you saying that stan and i think it's important for people to, to know this because you'll still read stuff online about going down to cabo and waiting till you arrive and talking to people at the docks and that's just changed over the years as you know um you come down often is that um the people you're going to deal with there are salespeople, right? You're not going to meet any captains. You're not going to meet any crew. 
you know, um, they, they aren't just hanging around waiting for somebody to show up because this is not how it works anymore. Um, I, I think with fleets like mine and, and some of my friends' fleets, the, the bigger operations that we have here, we're responsible for our guests, right? We have to make sure that they have a good time. We have to make sure their boat's ready. We have to make sure that their beer's cold. We have to make sure that, you know, the bait, live bait, taking all of that stuff licenses. And, and when you just deal with the person who you've never met before, you have no, they have no recourse if something goes wrong, right? You can't just go and find the guy you're standing on the corner of the marina again the next day when something goes wrong. They're just not there. Um, and they're not all like that, but there's enough to where it makes sense to do in advance for sure. Whether it's with me or another big fleet, it's best to do it in advance because you have somewhere to go. My office uh, is right on the marina. I have staff there. Something happens or you need some help, they're there to help you. Um, and so that's important, especially if you've never been down before and aren't really familiar with the area. It's good to have a place where you know, hey, these guys are sitting in that office. So I need something. I can go there. I think that's important if, you, if you're a traveler, if you like to fish to have some kind of recourse for, because boats break, things happen. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think that's what gives us an advantage there, but waiting till you get to Cabo is something I still read online. It doesn't make any sense anymore. Um, this you yep. walk the Marina plenty of times, Stan, you know that they, these guys aren't just hanging out. All the gates are, gates are locked. They don't just hang around, you know, waiting for people to walk by and say hello. It's just not how it works. So um, I think that's the impression vultures, some people have. The vultures have to on the fence. Yeah, the vultures are sitting on the fence down there. You don't want to do that. Greg's office right. is right. There's a lighthouse right in the middle of the marina down there. He's just, you know, to the, if you're looking at the lighthouse on the marina side, he's go down to the right about, you know, what, 100 feet and turn left and you find his office. The other thing he offers is instead of having to worry about how your fish are going to get cleaned, he's got a cleaning service that they can cryopack your fish just like they do down here at the landing. So you can go get it uh, clean, cryopacked and bring it home in your freezer uh, or, you know, it'll be cold on the airplane long enough to get you home, which the other places don't offer that. So, I mean, he's got a little thing. He's got all the little things covered that you need and you don't have to think. Yeah. You know that I I'm a fisherman. Um, and so I like having my fish, you know, process and vacuum sealed. And so we started offering that service. Um, we, we, uh, we used to offer it, uh, through another company, but I figured I might as well do it myself. Um, and just last week, Stan, I know you've been to my office and saw my little processing center. I, I got so busy that I had to get bigger, and I rented a new spot right next to our existing office. It's triple the size that I had before to put in more freezers because I, I had a day where I had over 300 pounds of Dorado and nowhere to put it, and that was not <laughs> a good situation. So um, I had to get a bigger spot. Now building it should be open next week. Um, and they'll have, you know, three more freezers and uh, two more vacuum sealers. And uh, I don't have to be have my guys there till 10 at night, you know, cleaning fish. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's a bad it's a good problem to have. And uh, but it's always fun to see these people bring in their fish, you know, have us process it, put it in the cooler, take it home with them. And then I, I've gotten photos from guests who are at home eating their fish and they're sending me photos. It's always a good time. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, fish and you like to great. Eat, uh, it's it's part of the part of the deal. Couple, Greg, how's the best way to get a hold of you? I know we've got our, our bags packed. We're ready to go. I just got a text from someone in Montana. They're sitting in the snow. They said, right now, Cabo San Lucas sounds great. How's the best way to get a hold of you to, to make you an integral part of their trip? So just go to our website, Lands and Charters, with an S, charters.com. Um, there you'll find all the information you need from our phone number. We have a live chat on the website that we monitor seven days a week um, that you can ask any questions that you have. All of our rates are listed, so you don't have to worry about asking pricing. You can check it right there. Everything's uh, easy to find. 
you can call us toll-free, 800-281-5778. We're open seven days a week, um, and uh, happy to have anybody who mentions Rod and Real Radio, which has happened quite a few times. Thank you very much. Well, Cobble Greg, thank you. And uh, we want to thank you especially because whenever Stan, Wendy, and I recommend that someone goes to Land's End Charters, they go out and have a great time. It makes us look good, and that's a great thing. (laughs) Thanks for being with us, Cobble Greg. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, you... You've heard a story that the Ophelia crab has gone. Might affect the whole industry. Well, we've got a guy coming up next that's right in the middle of it. He's a San Diego boy that we've been following his involvement in the crab fishing industry up in Alaska. He's going to come on. We're going to say hello to him. Matt Dow will be with us. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto custom baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto custom bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT, For your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit SanDiegoBloodBank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, welcome back to Ron Real Radio. Well, right now we're having a hard time getting a hold of our next guest, but uh, as Israel is trying to do that, hey, uh, Stan and Wendy, I got to tell you, Stan, you were down there enjoying Cabo San Lucas, and, you know, it seems like we we talk a lot about Land's End Charters, but they have the ability to really make a trip go special for you. Well, you know, the the thing is you can get down there and there's every buzzard on the fence. Like I said, you know, yeah. you can get down. Everybody's pitching. Hey, you know, you want to go fishing? We got a boat. Well, you don't know what you're getting. Um, you don't know what kind of, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get into down there because you can, you can pay you know money to anybody down there and just gamble and get a, a, a ride. But a lot of times the guys were pretty disappointed by the time they get back. So with Greg, you know, he's his family's been doing it for years. He's got contacts with a ton of different people. If you call ahead of time, you know you're going to get a quality ride and be taking care of the quality food. Everything's done the right way. You don't have to worry about anything. And then you come back. He's got a great location. It's right there in the middle of the harbor, too. I mean, it's right there on on the, the line where you're – if you walk the harbor in Cabo, it's kind of almost right in the middle. There's a lighthouse, and just, just if you're looking at the right house, just to the right – makes a little a left and goes out to the street, and he's right there. He's got the place to cut your fish, cryopack it, and freeze it so you can take it home. And I had a guy, another guy, that uh, is from Washington. He and his wife come down there every year, and they got out, and they went, got some, a couple of Dorado, and they just wanted to take it home, which they cut it and froze it for him. He, he had a uh, one of those refrigerator backpacks. He'd just throw it in his backpack. <laughs> taken on the airplane and he could it was fine when he got home which you know when you're figuring it's a a, just a flight from san diego i mean or if you're coming from uh la to uh 
Cabo, it's two hours. He was in Washington. I think he said it was four and a half, five hours on, on a straight flight, but he goes, it was still frozen when he got home. So, you know, having the availability to, one, if you want to go fishing, you can get your fish taken care of. If you want to have it shared down there, you can always go to the restaurants, Solomon's and anybody else on the landings down there, uh, Lagolandrina with Sissy or, or you know, Bajo La Luna. They'll cook your fish and, and, uh, and give you dinner or whatever else and, and make it real affordable for you. There's great places to eat down there. So there's just a lot to offer. And, and if you just wanted to go out and hang out in, on a yacht, for an afternoon and take the, you know, the wine and cheese and the family or, or your business. Cause that's, that's what this other gen- gentleman was doing. He goes, Hey, I'd like to go out there and have the guys from my business all get together in one spot and where we can just enjoy an, an afternoon, not really going anywhere special, but being on the water. But if you just drive down the coast, it's beautiful. Um, and you get to see a lot of nature. I mean, there's all kinds of whales and you'll see dolphins and all the stuff that the people from the Midwest hear it all the time. They're not used to seeing anything. So uh, you get out there on the water with the right group. It's just a special time. So he, uh, he just offers a great service. He's been super with the people we've sent down to him and can't say enough about him. All right. Hey, Stan, we, and Wendy, we've had a chance. We've shuffled around our guests a little bit and thankfully he was at the helm where he'd come and say hello. So Let's find out what's happening on our offshore fishing here in uh, San Diego. Captain Steve Taft with Legend Sports Fishing is with us. Captain Steve, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Hey, John. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we got lucky there. Uh, we just got off a stop, so it was good timing. We uh, got the fish thrown down the RSW, and uh, I walked up and saw the phone ringing. Well, you know, it, it's meant to be now. Not only that, you just had a good stop. Let's just step back a bit. The last time we had you on, you were kind of amending your schedule a little bit and offering day and three-quarter day trips. Tell us, why did you do that, and what benefit is it to the fishermen? Well, we're actually on one of those one- and three-quarter day trips right now. Um, The reason we did that is because we, uh, we were predicting the fish to be about where they are right now, which is uh, 90 to 100 miles offshore, where if you leave at 10 a.m., you have a chance to get on a night bite and a chance to put on some big tuna. Or in the case of today, on the way out, you can find a kelp patty and throw 30 Dorado on the boat real quick as you're heading out to go try to catch some bluefin tonight. Nice. Wow. You know, Stan, you'd be interested in that because you're going to be going out there uh, very shortly and trying to do the same thing, or are you going to go back uh, down farther south? Well, no, ours is an 11-day, and, oh, yeah. and most of our guys, I have a little competition. You have, I have arts and crafts. The uh, We get on the first day here. We'll be on the 31st, the morning and 31st. I'll be waving goodbye to, to Wendy as she is waving goodbye to me. <laughs> I'll be, on, the, I'll be uh, on another boat, too, leaving the same day. Right, so... We'll be down there, but we're we're going to head south and go play with the see if we can find the yellowfin and dorado and some of the maybe grouper or whatever down south first for sure. Um, I I would prefer going all the way down to the Gordo and back. I mean not to Gordo, but the Jaime and back for me, just because you know we've we've had a chance. I've caught bluefin with the Taft family. Stephen knows that I've been out there a few, few times with his his uh, uncle Bobby and Scotty. 
And uh, we've had great trips, you know. We had to come in early from a three-and-a-half day, and instead of coming in on Monday morning, we came in Sunday night and tied up in the dock or just put the anchor down because we plugged the boat in three days with fish up to 240. I know Steve has had that same – I was looking at a little video that he that they just put on of all of the bigger fish that he had just been pulled off on, and on his – I think it was your last trip. But, man – there's that fishing has been really good out there, Steve, and I think it's just continuing to maybe even get better. Yeah, the fish finally uh, came back down and settled in. It feels like, and we had a really really fun three day trip where we were lucky enough to land sixty seven nice bluefin, thirty four of them uh, weighed over a hundred pounds. Nice. A lot of guys put personal bests on the boat. It was pretty good fishing for twenty three guys or twenty four guys. Excuse me. Is that fish still eaten during the day at all, or is it mostly night bite? Yeah, we caught them in all, all manners. We caught them on sinker rig during the day, fly line during the day. We caught plenty of nice jig fish during the night. Each night we caught a few. Whenever I had a wide open crazy stop, it was just consistent fishing throughout all three days where we kept on working and working and plugging away, and people kept on fishing hard, and we just kept on putting fish on the boat. Is that night bite still, you know, you find a, a window between, let's say, midnight or one, between one and four, let's say, that there's usually about a two-hour, if you find them, you get a two-hour shot at, at uh, and then it's pretty, it can be pretty raucous at that point in time, a lot of hookups at the same time uh, on that bigger fish, but is that still kind of the... Um, you know what, we, uh, we experienced all night. We, uh, we kept on working at it all night and driving around looking from school to school, and we kept working at it, and we, uh, we picked away during each night throughout the night. You know, that, that fishing has been pretty spectacular, especially on your, the bigger fish at night, you know, because you can use the heavier gear. you got a shot. Guys will hang them during the day or uh, is going into the evening, and you'll, you'll be running around the boat for an hour and a half, we're two hours pulling on the thing, finally breaking off because you got the wrong gear. That's been not, that's, it's a fairly regular situation because you don't know what you're going to get into. But the nighttime fish on that big knife jig or the, the flat falls or whatever the, they're eating on the, whether it's a bait rig or whatever you're fishing, you got a better chance of getting that fish in the boat, which is what you're out there for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a bigger hook, heavier line. For some reason, the fish don't seem to fight quite as hard during nighttime as they do daytime. They, uh, they're really, and we hook them just fine. And sometimes you'll stay on a fish 45 minutes to an hour versus 10 to 15 minute fight at night on the heavier gear with the bigger line. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, it's just that much less time looking around or, you know, if the school swims away. So nighttime fishing definitely, uh, adds to uh, the count a lot easier you get that heavier line and you reel those bigger fish in fast and you get back on the school again and try to repeat it that's par for the course that nighttime fishing is is good when you get it you know and, and you gotta just the thing is you gotta plan for that stay up you know get a little rest after dinner get up and then stick with it during the night because that's when your best shot at getting the bigger fish is yeah, you really just have to work at it, even if it's not biting, because it can turn on in just a second, you know? Just because the four schools previous didn't bite doesn't mean the fifth one isn't going to or something like that. And if you put your time in at the hour or your hours in at the rail, 
you're usually rewarded. Um, you know, if you try to lay down your bunk and say, oh, I'll get up on when they start biting, probably going to be too late. Um, last night, we uh, it was a flash in the pan bite, our, uh, our one stop on the way in. And uh, we, we hooked, I think, eight fish, like, right away. And after that, we, uh, we had to head home. But, you know, the stop, we were there for 15, 20 minutes fighting the fish. All the fish were hooked in the very beginning, unfortunately. It didn't uh, keep on going. Wow. You know, okay. it, well, go on, Stan. It's kind of for a part of the course. You get a, you know, they'll school the fish. They'll tell you how deep the fish is, you know. And if it's 300 feet, you got to make sure you get down there 300 feet. If it's, they're at 180 feet or 150 feet to, to 250 feet where you can get down through that fish quick, you're, your best shot too. I mean, it's always easier when they're shallow to get the bait down to them and then get it back up through them as it planes out. Cause that's really the key getting down to the fish and, and getting through, get through them and then come back through them on the way up. As you reel, you got your best shot at catching that fish. And there's a lot of times, depending on the school, how, how long they stay with you, you got one or two drops on that. If it's quick, otherwise, sometimes that school sticks with them and they'll hang one or two fish and the fish stick around, which really that's what you're looking for. <laughs> Cause like you said, you had the first stop, the first drop and everybody got, you got eight fish hanging. Uh, now everybody's busy. And a lot of times the rest of the guys get out of the way just so you can land the eight fish. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps having groups that are a little bit more experienced that work together a little bit better. But the cool part is on a lot of our trips, we have a lot of experienced anglers that are helping out the newer guys that have never done the nighttime fishing. And we, we preach, you know, helping out the other anglers instead of just telling them they're in your way or trying to push them out of the way. It, you know, a lot of people gain a lot of experience and knowledge from these trips now. And we have a lot of really great anglers that are helping people out along with the crew. You know, Steve, I, I heard that uh, there seems to be, uh, lack of bait or the amount of bait that you're seeing in the water is uh, diminishing over what you've seen in the past months. And this is leading to a very good live bait bite. Is that something you're experiencing right now or, or, or do you have the gambit? Well, I mean, anytime you're out there and you're seeing giant, giant spots of bait, it's very tough to get a bite. Um, kind of like bringing sand to the beach. Um, we can only bring so much on the boat. And when you see a giant, giant school of bait fish and the tuna are locked in on it, especially when it's salary or anchovy or any of that micro bait, that smaller bait, it's damn near impossible to get them enticed to bite one of your sardines that are swimming a little bit differently because it has a hook and line connected to it versus a giant spot of small bait fish that they're just devouring. Wow. So, uh, the night bite, uh, predominantly uh, jigs again and then when you fish in the day you go into live bait or what seems the pattern that you can recommend to to anglers that are going out in the next week or so um our last trip it was like the 300 to 400 gram knife jigs that saw the most success the sk jigs did well as well um i don't know if we caught any on the flat falls but that might have just been because we weren't really using them We've seen more success with the knife jigs and SKs because they get through the water column a little bit faster and uh, seem to get to that school into that 300, 400 foot when they're deep. 
uh, a little bit quicker. So you see more success with that. Uh, during the daytime, if you want to work a jig all day, you can definitely catch a fish. Um, we had a couple trips ago, a guy caught the biggest fish on the trip on a knife jig that he was working during the daytime hours. Hmm. But for the most part, guys are using sinker rigs just to save their arms for that night bite. Um, <laughs> and there's so many different varieties of that sinker rig that people are using, whether you're tying directly to the hook and your sinker to the ring, or guys are rubber banding. Some guys are using barrel swivels now. Um, people are trying all sorts of different stuff and seeing success with the sinker rig and working at it. And uh, that's, that's predominantly what's going on in the daytime. There was some fly line fish caught. We're not seeing a whole bunch of reaction at the surface for the most part. Um, some of the trips we are, uh, we're getting the kite out when we're seeing good reaction on the surface, and we're having a good chance on that because there's plenty of 120 to 300-pound fish out there that can uh, choke down a frozen flyer off the kite. So it's exciting and fun fishery right now where there's a lot of fish and a lot of ways to catch them. Steve, on that sinker rig bite, uh, we've seen people wanting to use glow-in-the-dark, chrome-plated sinkers. They said you can go out there with just a regular lead sinker. Uh, you see any benefit or advantages of doing that? And then how about the weight of the sinker? Because, uh, uh, you know, running a shop, we've seen everything from 2-ounce to 20-ounce go out the door for sinker rig fishing. What seems to be uh, the trend right now? Uh, the 16 to 20 ounce, maybe uh, you can rig up with some assist hooks and drop that straight down instead of your knife jig when you have really windy conditions. We've caught plenty of large fish that way um, where you just get those, like the must-add assist hooks that have the uh, the shine to them, the glow-in-the-dark, or there's other brands I'm sure that have it. Little flash. Um, where, they, where they get that glow-in-the-dark on the big assist hook, like the 9-0s. Um, they're getting bit but sinker rig-wise, uh, we have fish on two to four ounce weights this last trip because we had beautiful weather, not much wind. But when there's more wind, you're going to go up six to eight, maybe ten ounces, uh, depending on how fast the boat's drifting. And it's it's good to have that selection because the weather can change in an instant when you're out there. And if you can uh, carry your tackle box with all that lead, it's good to have a, a little bit of selection and variety in there so that you're always ready. Well. Now, Steve, are you dedicating yourself to just tuna right now, or uh, uh, what are you seeing with the yellowfin and the dorado and the yellowtail? Uh, our chips are currently set up for this bluefin, these 1.75 days. You know, it's just an ideal bluefin trip where you can leave during the morning and get there for the night bite. There is yellowfin and dorado around. Like I said, we just had a stop for 30 dorado on our way out to the bluefin grounds here. Um but my dad on the Excalibur has had some great yellowfin fishing on his last few trips. Um, they had limits on their last trip out there, wide open, one stop for limits of yellowfin for the boat. It was a family charter, and uh, they destroyed them and had a lot of fun. So guys are getting on the yellowfin down south, and there's bluefin out west. Uh, it all depends on the trip type that you're on or the boat you're on. Obviously, if you do a private charter, you get a little bit more input to let them know what your group prefers. So that's always a good option. We're speaking with Steve Taft. How, how, is that, how big is the yellowfin? That, that's been varied from, I mean, it's been pretty good stuff in that anywhere from 30 to 80 pounds that we've been hearing about. Is that kind of what they're seeing? And they, have they been mixed in with the, the, the dolphin also? Uh, that stuff's out west right now. Um, there's some of that inside of San Clemente Island. Um, it's Guys are on their private boats. They could 
stroll through that porpoise and have a good chance to land that nicer grade yellowfin. Yeah, like 30, 40. I've, I've seen them up to 60 pounds there. We haven't caught any of the 80 pounders ourselves there, but we've caught plenty of the 30 to 60 pound stuff on uh, mainly on the porpoise there. Um, on our last trip out, we saw a large spot of yellowfin at 30 to 50 pound grade. Uh, that was nice. destroying a bait ball of anchovy. But down south, a lot of the uh, the yellowfin is the smaller schooly stuff, uh, 10 to 15-pound fish. Um, there's some stops for the larger fish because there's porpoise down there holding the larger yellowfin. Uh, so there's a variety. All right, Steve. Uh, you know, the legend has gone to this uh, day and three-quarters uh, schedule. Are you going to be doing that for – the rest of the year and how is the availability on getting on one of these trips? Uh, you doing this three times a week? Uh, what frequency are you going out? You know, we're scheduled to run every single day until November 18th. Um, there's actually a lot of availability. All my weekends have sold out. They, they sell out months and months ahead of time, but the weekdays have some availability, which is uh, kind of blowing our minds here with as good as fishing is right now. Um, when you come into the dock and you have that many carts full of large model bluefin, you hope to get back off the dock full. That's what we did on this trip, but the next few, there's some spots open. And so if guys are waiting for the bite to get on, they need to get on it's a boat on. before it goes by. Wow. It, it sounds like it's that way. Now, we talked. you talked about just briefly about the Excalibur. What uh, what trips are uh, that you're aware of that the Excalibur are running, and how's the how's the chances of getting on the Excalibur? Because that sounds like it's still great fishing. You know, the Excalibur has like a couple multi days available on there still, a two and a half, a three and a half that I know of on there. Um, I believe he might have a couple day and a half with spots open. Not too many though, um, but those multi day trips. It's like that three-day that I got in from gives you a great chance for this bluefin. Multiple night bite opportunities, chance to make big moves if you hear about fish in a different area. Uh, when you go on a three-day or up, you get long-range cured sardine. So you get that really hot bait that gives you a better chance to get a daytime bite. Um, so, yeah, he's got some spots open as well. It's inevitable every time, you know, November rolls around, uh, even late October feels like you run out of fishermen before you run out of fish, um, whether it be hunting season starting or people going over budgets. We oftentimes see our best fishing in the fall, and a lot of boats are running with light loads. How about the jig strike now? Is jig strike dedicated uh, just to lobster fishing, or are are they going out on uncharted uh, trips too? Uh, for the most part, it's dedicated to lobster trips right now. They are uh, accepting charters, full-day, half-day charters for the local areas. Um, there was some full-day Dorado caught today out of San Diego, so there's some of that available if you would like to get a family charter together for a small group and have a chance at some Dorado. But for the most part, it is dedicated to the lobster season right now. Uh, Captain Pat is having some great success with the lobster and the rock crab and a whole bunch of actually different species of crab in the bay right now. He's getting a good crawl going, and they're pulling up some good hoops every single night with their passengers. Now, Steve, is it uh, too early to start booking for 2023? Um, for the legend and Excalibur, it currently is. I, uh, I always give my charter masters the right to rebook. Uh, their 2022 date 
So I have one more charter, and once he has his trip, I will offer him his date back. And if he, once he makes his decision, I will open my books to new charter masters for a week or two. And once I end that period, I will put my open party schedule out together, and we'll start booking people on open party. So uh, it's a, a little bit of a process, you know, giving existing customers first right at their charter, uh, offering a, a little window for people to book new charters. Once you get that done, you can start putting out your open party schedule where you can start booking guys. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, the uh, fishermen would depend to be seeing you at one of the shows, uh, whether it be the Hall Show or the Pacific Coast Show. Uh, are you going to be at any of the shows? Are you passing up on them this year? And the, if you want to get on one of the boats, to call them up direct and make your reservations as quickly as you can. Uh, you know, once COVID hit and we couldn't go to the shows, we went through our social media to offer this uh, show special that we offered, and we saw just as much success with that as we did going to the shows. So we to uh, spend more time with our family instead of sitting at Fred Hall. I may go for a day and say hi, shake some hands, and hang out with some people, but we're not going to be uh, at the Fred Hall or Bart Hall shows this year that I know of. I know PCS was a large success. Um, we're not determined if we're going to go there yet. I'm not necessarily counting on it, though. Yes. Um, so, the best way to follow us really is through our social media, Facebook and Instagram, Legend Sport Fishing, Excalibur Sport Fishing. Um, we post when our schedule comes out, when uh, we get on a good bite. We post our fish counts on there, all sorts of good stuff. And if people want to try to get on the boat as early as possible, um, that's probably the best way to make sure that you know when things are coming up and happening. All right. Captain Steve Taft from the Legend Sports Fishing, part of the uh, Sea Adventure uh, Sports Fishing family. Thanks for taking some time. Actually, we've got to thank the fish for giving us the opportunity to speak with you early. Uh, you go out there and get them because you still have a lot of fishing to do tonight, and we look forward to the next time we can get together with you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. appreciate you very much for having me on the show. Always a pleasure speaking with you guys. Have a great night. Always good talking to you, Steve. You always have great information, and we appreciate you spending the time. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thank you. All Bye. right. Hey, we're going to take a break now, but we're going to see if we can catch up with Matt Dowell. Uh, he's in Seattle, and he's running around doing some errands. Hopefully, Israel can pin him down, and we can get him for the rest of the show. So stay tuned. There's more Rod Real Radio to come after these messages. Hi, this is Jim Trelikas. Whether you're an avid angler or custom rod builder like me, you need to team up with the leading innovator in rod building related products, Batson Enterprises. From rain shadow rod blanks, engineered by anglers for anglers, to quality rod components supplied by Alps and Forecast, Batson Enterprises will enhance the quality of your fishing and rod building experience. Batson Enterprises for many years has excelled in incorporating rod building technologies and techniques into every product sold. Owner Bill Batson has assembled one of the finest group of in-house professionals to assist you with your every rod building question or need. So take it from me, Jim Trelikas. 
when my customer's expectation is for me to build them the finest fishing rod their money can buy, I turn to Batson Enterprises for the best rod components my money can buy. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all major brands. And if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. 
So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, it seems we are still having problems getting a hold of Matt Dowell. Hopefully we can either get him on in the next couple of minutes or schedule him for another time on the show. Now, Wendy, you were telling me about something unique that you ran into at Leadmaster. You want to tell me about it? Sure. Um, well, at first they came out, you know, because of the sinker rig and the bluefin tuna thing, um, they came out with a 16-ounce sinker with a wire through to the eyes. So it's all the way through, and it is so neat, and I can't wait to use it. Um, I got it in 16 ounces. They have it in plain and in glow, and then they just came out with a 12-ounce, and their guy who makes the molds is going to come up, come out with a mold, I think, for a 10-ounce. So it, it's pretty neat. And then uh, they did some, they did some spe- a special order in chrome-plated, so they're silver. Yeah, the guys, the, this is a bait. All it is is a sinker. It says 10-ounce, 12-ounce, 16-ounce lead sinker and they and they all come with torpedo sinkers with the brass you know eyes in them which if you try to tie to that it's just a little pin that's put in there and if you tried to pull on a blue pin with that it would pull that pin right out so what they were doing was going back and forth through the eyes where you could tie on each end a a leader or hooks or whatever you needed to one end on or the other with spectra going through it back to back over the top of the the sinker. Well, one of the guys that I'd run into down at United Composites said, you know, can you make one where we have a wire going all the way through? And the other one got, the other people wanted one that was just hollow, so like a an egg sinker that you could run leaders through it and then make your rig with that. Now, why they're eating just a lead weight, you know, nobody really <laughs> knows a traction of something going back and forth through the water. God knows if you've been a bait fisherman and you had to make uh, bait down in Mag Bay, the sharks eat your sinkers before the, the mackerel eat the, the, the little flies on the thing. But the fact that this thing works is just absolutely amazing. And they've, you know, our, the weird thing about our industry is it continues to change. You know, who would have thunk it? You know, just drop the weight down there, put a couple of hooks on it. You know, you can paint it with a marks a lot and make it blue and, and lead <laughs> and no. Okay. Now we got glow and we've got Chrome, but they eat, they ate the lead sinker. They were putting tape on the lead sinker. Yeah. Um, they even have the crimson red tape over at lead master and green and all the different colors. <laughs> hey, there you go. You hey know, guys, I, I uh, haven't got any of those Wendy, by the way, I think I'm jealous. I'm going to have to see if I can find a couple before we go. <laughs> Hey, guys, we're going to have to uh, talk about this at a later time, but we know that Leadmaster has a lot of great products. Look for them in your store because, uh, as Stan and Wendy know, they work really well. Hey, let's get to our guest that's waiting. We've been trying to catch up with him. It's a guy that we uh, have uh, documenting what he's been doing for a long time. We got him on the show now. Let's welcome to Rod Real Radio, Matt Dow. Matt. (laughs) 
Hey, Matt, it's time to be on the radio. Say hello. Howdy, boss. How the hell are you? Hey, we are doing good. How about yourself, Matt? I'm doing good, boss. I'm uh, in Seattle right now, hanging out with uh, a couple of my brothers that also fish. Uh, fish will be in Dutch. Well, hey, listen, the first qu- I've got a number of questions I want to ask you, but the first thing you want to talk about, because we it's been in the news, what is up in Alaska with the Ophelia crab population? We understand that somehow uh, the Alaska Department of Fish and Wildlife has lost about half of the population. What's going on? It is a uh, political and bureaucratic nightmare. Um, crab stocks are there. They're solid. I've seen them firsthand. And I have uh, pictures for you all the way around St. Matthews to St. Paul and back of, of healthy uh, paleo stocks and blue king crab stocks and also the red crab stocks that are coming back. So what they are telling you is a uh, uh, semi-fear tactic. Well, you know, uh, the thing that I've talked, uh, I've heard is that, well, what is happening is the ocean is warming and king and these Ophelias, they've got to be in in freezing water. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. These things, you're catching them in 600 feet of water. And you want to tell me the water is warm at 600 well, feet? The water, is, the water is definitely warming a little bit, but it's the, uh, the acidity and the, uh, the phytoplankton and the rest of the stuff that's in the midwater column. Crab. Apelios are just one, of, one of my favorites. They're rugged and durable. When the storm comes up, they hunker down, they bury themselves in the mud, but they come right back up and they can't be swept away like red king crab or blue king crab or browns. They're actually really resili- resilient, resilient. They're really, they're really resilient, durable crab, and they're, the stalks are healthy pretty much to about, uh, I would say, a third to half of the uh, Bering Sea, all the way to Russia. Oh, man. Well, now, so we'll, have, go on, question Stan. About, you, know, you, you said that, the, you know, when a storm comes up, they bury themselves in the mud. How, when a storm comes up, you know, we're thinking on the surface, you know, and that doesn't affect whatever depth, you know, I don't know how deep you're fishing for the paleo, but, you know. Uh, a paleo or normally that, anywhere from about 80 to 90 fathoms, preferably 99 fathoms deepest. I mean, we fish deeper for them. Sometimes we go 120, 140 fathoms. But they, Apelio, I'm pretty sure they sense what's going on on the surface because the tides in the Bering Sea, the tides in the uh, the North Pacific where we fish around the Aleutian Islands and further north, they're so shallow that everything is sweeping. That's why we have such fierce weather up there. You could be in a gale, you know, 40 knots of wind, 45, 50 knots of wind, and they could, you could have, you know, 35, 45-foot seas. Wow. You know, uh, we're speaking with Matt Dow. Matt Dow's a San Diego boy that decided to go up to Alaska and, and follow his dream of catching crab. And, and Matt, unfortunately, we're on a kind of like an abbreviated schedule right now. So quickly, can you outline us uh, how you progressed to just where you are right now? No, I started in 2009 for brown king crab as a deckhand coming from the South Pacific Fishing Albacore, and they made me a full share cat about far, four or five months into it. They gave me my boat coat, and now I am going to be running uh, one of the big boats up there here shortly. It's taken 
what is that, 14, 13 years to get to this point? Well, Matt, you know. Explain the boat. You need to explain the boat code because a lot of people don't understand what that means. When you when you become a full share crew member, if they like you, then they give you a boat code with your name on it and the emblem of the boat. Everything goes along with it. What uh, boat were you on? Early dawn was my very first boat. There wow. you go. Wow. Now, this is uh, kind of a, a progression for you because did you go from deckhand to engineer and what kind of yes, responsibilities sir. did you have there? Uh, I went from deckhand to deck boss to uh, run the hydros and engineer. And now they're starting to uh, trust me with the big boats, the old Norwegians and Ballard in Seattle. And they're giving me the keys to uh, a few things in Dutch Harbor, too. Wow. That, that is incredible that you've been able to progress that way, uh, Matt. And it isn't through a lot of hard work and effort because, uh, <laughs> obviously. You know, you know how I started, boss. Uh, <laughs> my mom was making plastic worms for Joe Mazurko in, I believe, 1990. And I was bass fishing everywhere in San Diego at the time. I hopped on a sport boat and then the commercial albacore boat. And the rest is history. Well. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot of history that uh, has uh, gone under your bridge, getting to where you are right now. And I, uh, you know, you got to uh, admire the guys that make it as long, far as you do because you've suffered um, uh, some injuries and and it hasn't been all success for you. Roger, Roger that. But I mean, it's all part of weather and storm, boss. You know that, same as I do. You know, uh, Matt, from the number of people that go out there and, and try and crab fish, uh, what percentage just don't make the grade? I see them quit mm, every year. We've got roughly 50% dropout. Right. Wow. Right. Now, you know, we're talking about Dutch Harbor, but, you know, there are other places where you can also go and fish for crab. Uh, what are some yeah. of the other locations that uh, – I have uh, uh, ports that, that accommodate crab fishing boats. Uh, the Probably the hardest working cats that I know that I've worked with for years. They, uh, I mean, they come from all over, but they fish out of Dutch Harbor, Kodiak, Seward, and uh, Ketchikan. Okay. Uh, now tell us, what do you think is going to happen? Is there just going to be no season for these affiliates? Uh, right now, there's not, but they're, uh, they have a small portion of bear dye to go catch, which is a relative of the apelio. It's a cousin of the apelio. Actually, a bigger crab, bigger carapace, um, big, uh, more meat, bigger legs. They're probably on average about three-pound crab. Well, you know, I, you kind of got me scratching your head. How do you know where to put down your pots and how to catch what and and if- uh, the bear dive are normally on the uh, the lee side of the apelio cluster, the apelio population. So if you find an edge of the apelio where there's a dirty crab, you're probably going to find bear down the other side. That has to take a tremendous amount of intuitive knowledge to figure that on out. You must know what the bottom looks like where you're fishing, like uh, you know the back of your hand in order to know where to put your traps. Yeah, everything, everything in the bearing sea, every, pretty much every nook and cranny is mapped out with um, with a wasp or um, a really, really accurate uh, grid finder on the bottom. Right. 
You but what we, what I target, and what the other boys target, you know, the cats that came before me, the time you had to do this shit, they look for crevices, they look for mounds, pinnacles, everywhere that they can settle. How the tide moves, where it will settle, where it'll settle on the next tide, and then the crab will accumulate on that, and they will feast on it. When they actually get really heavy and deep in it, you set pots ahead of them, so you're trying to predetermining where they're going to go, and then when they Swarm on those pots. They send off a signal to the other crab, and they tell them it's a feeding frenzy. Wow! Huh. And uh, you normally are you uh, baiting these pots? Uh, do you catch uh, your own cod, or uh, can you yeah. buy cod, or what we happens? Set, we set ten pots for cod. And normally, in the middle of Bering Sea, they'll come up with about thirteen hundred pounds of cod in them. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, man? And. Uh, Tell me, uh, obviously, is it as dangerous as it looks on television, or no. is it kind of candy coated? It is not, boss. It's just another day at the office. <laughs> I don't know. my My office is when uh, the coffee doesn't work right in the coffee machine. <laughs> well, we have we have coffee going twenty four hours a day. You know that, boss. Oh man! Now. Uh, are, is your uh, uh, season uh, basically uh, uh, determined by the amount of, of crab that all the boats catch? So when they get yeah. to a certain quota, you got to cut it off. Yeah, we have the uh, we have the IFQ, which is the individual fishing quota, and each boat is assigned a certain amount. And then you have the uh, total quota allotment, which you know they could give us. It's a good season, yeah, 20, 30, 40 million pounds, and there's divvied up between 27 to 35 boats, according on their catch rate history, the owner, and uh, how they produce. So how tough is it for how tough is it for a new owner or a new boat to get into the mix? It's impossible. Oh, that sounds pretty tough to me. <laughs> My. Yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> These are the, the cats that I work for now that I've been working for over the last several years. They're the old Norwegians, the old Portuguese, and the old Italians that still own a good portion of Seattle, and they control Dutch Harbor. Wow. Now, how about when it comes to finally bringing your catch uh, uh, to be processed? Uh, how is the price set, and uh, is do you have any say in it at all, or is that just no. the price you got to pay? Yeah, we have no say in it. I mean, they give us an allowed price, and then, you know, we have a retro that comes later when they sell all the crab and they're actually the freezers are empty, then the price goes up and we get a retro. And when do you, when does a, a skipper get paid for his uh, crab? you get paid at the end of the season? you get paid in increments, or do you get paid on delivery? We pretty much get paid in increments. If it's a uh, good boat owner, the old Norwegians that I work for and that I deal with, and the old Portuguese and Italians, they, you deliver a load, say 180, 190,000 pounds of opies, or say 150, 160,000 pounds of red king crab. And the minute you deliver that, they start unloading, you can get a draw check for up to 80% of the total allotment. And then you will get a retro, you get the remainder of the end of the season. You know, electronics is really uh, gained by leaps and bounds. Uh, uh, in you know the past few years, can you actually find crab on the bottom using electronics, or are no, you still no, going no. by it's topo? Not like it's not like finding fish because crab have no air uh, air bladder. 
They don't show up on the sounder. They don't show up on anything. Wow. Well, so, so you have to you have to go by traditional fishing methods, and some of the boys that taught me the old cats. One of them is Mark Medjo. The other one is Rip Carlton. The other one is Rick Feist. Mm. They are pretty much the crabbing gurus in Dutch Harbor. They've been doing this shit for about 35 since I was born, actually. And they're the ones that taught me. Mm. Stan, you got a quick question? You know, I was, you know, you say the Norwegians, you had Sig and a Norweth- Northwesterner that was Sig part of the and, original. Sig, Sig and Edgar Hansen and Norman are very good friends. They're really solid cats. And that is that part of the group that you work with as, as the guys that really control what's going on? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, tell me now, uh, when That's does the season the out there? <laughs> When does the season start for you now, Matt? And uh, how long will you fish, or or will you fish for different varieties of? of... Well, well, boss, that's one of the reasons I'm coming to see you. I want to go actually do some bass fishing at home now that <laughs> I have some time off. This is the first winter I've had off in ten years. Oh man! Well, we look forward to seeing you, Matt. And it sounds like uh, God. I hope you can get the season going and. I want to see you really bad to say hello, but in a way, I don't want to see you because it means you're not out there fishing. I know, but right now I'm taking a break, boss. I I went out there June 12th, and I just got off the boat 15, 16 days ago. All right. Well, Matt, Dow- right. Yeah, Matt I appreciate you spending some time with us and, uh, and setting us straight on what the situation is up there and we look forward to seeing you and speaking with you again soon, okay? Yes, yeah, sir. I'll uh, I'll be in San Diego in about 48 hours, boss, and uh, I'm bringing you some salmon and halibut, and uh, I need some uh, gear. Well, uh, we barter. <laughs> we definitely barter. Okay, Matt Dow, thank you for being with us. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, always a pleasure, boss. I'll appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Matt. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Uh, you know, Stan and Wendy, thanks a lot for the input. I want to talk more about, if you're going to be around next week, some of those products that Cindy at Leadmaster is coming up with because those are really unique. We'll be around. All right. Only I'll be here. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. So on behalf of Israel and the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and always remembering Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and our good friend Paul Leader at Alcone Ford to help keep us on the air. We want to say goodnight to you. Thanks for listening. Tune back next week on AM 540 at 5.05 p.m. for Rod and Reel Radio. Because if you don't, someone might be catching your fish or they're getting away. Goodnight, everybody. We'll see you next week.